Welcome to the Fit Vegan Podcast, the show where we help you optimize your health, fitness, and mindset on a whole food plant-based lifestyle. My name is Maxim Seguin. I am a former triathlete, powerlifter, bodybuilder, and basketball player, and I've been vegan for over nine years. I'm also the founder and CEO of Fit Vegan Coaching, which has helped over 500 vegans from 20 different countries to completely transform their bodies and their health. I'm excited for you to hear today's episode. Let's get into the show. All right, good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fit Vegan Podcast. It feels good to be back in my living room in my slash recording studio. Um, the last podcast you heard, I think I, I batch recorded it because I was heading off to Cabo, Mexico with Ivy for um, my proposal, which, you know, if you're listening, she said yes. Uh, so we're back in Canada uh, together. It was, an, it was an awesome, beautiful trip. And today I want to share some of the lessons and the things I was able to pull off from taking one full week off from um, running three businesses, from coaching, just from taking a break uh, from my life and some of the uh, valuable things that I was able to get out of that trip. But again, very excited to come back and record because we started the year strong and I'm ready to get that momentum to continue. So the first thing is when we got to Cabo, I basically worked the first week, right? I wanted to work, support our members, but also kind of just move around Cabo and figure out the activities that they were to do, like where are the things that we can explore because I've personally never been there before. If you've been following me for a long time, I used to live in Merida, in Mexico, in the Yucatan, and then I moved to Tulum for maybe like four-ish months before relocating to Los Angeles where I met Ivy, and then we came back to Canada, and basically it's me going back to Mexico. I absolutely love Mexico for multiple reasons. One of them was the sun. So if I'm going to be honest, and if you've been listening to my podcast, that I recorded a podcast on how to deal with depression and anxiety, um, and I'll be honest, before I left for that Cabo trip, that is exactly how I felt. I was burnt out. I couldn't take it anymore. The gray weather from living in um, the Vancouver area in the rain just got the best of me. I didn't know how much it affected me until I stepped out of it. I grew up in Quebec, Canada, where you get winter every year. And then I moved to Vancouver to live here for five-ish years. Um, and then again, it's gray. It's rainy during the winter. But I never knew how much it affected me because I never skipped winter in my life. And so last year I was able to skip winter because I stayed in Los Angeles and it just felt like summer all year round. I was like, I feel awesome. This is great. And then when we moved here and it started to become great, which is the typical thing for Vancouver, it really started to affect my mental health. And I didn't know how much it was affecting me again, only until I was able to skip winter and see the effects that it had on me. Um, and it was taking a toll. Life was stressful. I was like, you know what? Um, I want to propose to Ivy. I want to spend the rest of my life with her and uh, I need a break <laughs> from everything. So we flew to Mexico. We brought Tempe with us, uh, which was my first time traveling um, with a dog. And it was actually pretty smooth for, for a lot of people. They're like, you're very brave to bring your dog on your trip. People at the airport were really nice. Um, and it was a really smooth trip. Tempe loved it in the sun. He actually loves it out there way more uh, than here because he was just excited to be out in the sun and, and get some heat on him. Um, so don't want to get too uh, distracted from the main topic of this podcast. I was just very excited to share with you guys the, the the trip. But a few things that I realized on my break, I was allowing myself to sleep as much as I could because I was, you know, increasing my caffeine consumption um, as life got busier. And I just realized that I was constantly in a state of anxiousness. And I was like, well, maybe it's because there's a lot of things on my plate. That's why I'm feeling this way. 
And then I realized that like, yes, that was one of the things, but the other thing is like, I was also increasing my caffeine consumption. And so when I allowed myself to sleep in the morning, I always do the same thing. I take, uh, I go to the bathroom, I weigh myself, I take a cold shower, I sit down, I obviously drink some water and then I drink a coffee while reading my book. Been doing that for years, every single morning. But I realized that when I was reading, before I started drinking my coffee, I was able to focus on the letter and really focus on the message that the book was trying to give to me. And then as I started sipping on my coffee, I noticed myself starting to skip words, starting to skip sentences, starting to think of other things as I was reading the book. And then eventually I read a whole page and I was like, I have no idea what I just read. And then I tried to go back and I can feel this ball of energy slash anxiety in my chest of like, you just need to get through this thing. So the enjoyment of reading had had disappeared because there was I was had so much energy from the caffeine that it was just causing me to want to skip words and sentences and trying to get through the page as fast as I could. That made me realize that I probably I do that in my life. So I'm such an action taker. I'm such action oriented that I'll just take actions and be numb to the things that I'm kind of uh, skipping as I'm taking those actions. So it was really cool for me to see that I was able to notice how caffeine was affecting simply my reading. My ability to focus was also hindered by the more coffee I drank. I only drink one cup of coffee a day, but that one cup in the morning, the deeper I got into the cup, the less I had the ability to focus on what I was reading. And then so I did another test, right? I did another test once we came back here, like I'm going to do my deep work in the morning with my coffee. And I realized that if I don't drink the coffee, I can focus more on my task versus when I drink coffee, I start to become distracted. My my focus is scattered and I jump from different tasks, right? So, you know, like I, I always like to say this, uh, multi, everyone can multitask, right? Like you can clean the dishes and listen to radio. You can eat food and talk to someone. But we the, the aspect of multi-focus is the thing that is preventing us from doing meaningful work. So you can multitask for sure, but you can't focus on multiple things at once. Um, and so caffeine was kind of forcing me because I had so much energy to focus on different things at once. And I wasn't actually getting any type of work done when I was creating a workout plan for a member, whether working on meal plans or certain things like that, I just wasn't able to focus. So I realized that I just had to cut out caffeine. I tried some chai tea. Chai tea seems to do the difference, seems to do the trick where it's just a little bit of caffeine where I can feel a little pick me up in the morning before I go to the gym, but it's not too much of a distraction when I'm reading that I'm starting to skip lines and not having the ability to focus. So something cool that I thought that I'd share with you all, because you guys, if you've been following me for like uh, two years, when I was in Tulum, I cut out caffeine for the whole time that I was there. And actually for a full period of six months, I didn't drink any coffee. I went back to drinking coffee after that because I just want to give myself a shot at the experiment because I was abusing it back then as well. And it seems to kind of always creep up. And so now I'm just going to be more careful as I progress forward, but want to share that with you in case you're someone that's a, uh, you know, a, a, a daily coffee drinker, potentially one, two or three cups, pay attention to how it affects your ability to focus. Because what I realize is when I'm focused, a task that would take me 30 minutes I can get it done in 30 minutes, but if I'm not focused, it can take me three hours. That's a huge waste of time that I could have accomplished other things. So it's not necessarily obsessing over efficiency because I want to necessarily get more things done. It's like, can I get the things that I need to get done in a more efficient manner so I have more free time to go and exercise, to go on a hike, to spend more quality time with Ivy, to call my parents to spend quality time with them, right? So that's the only, that's why I was looking at it from a, 
uh, an efficiency standpoint. The other part was sprinting versus pacing. I just did a live with my um, triathlon coach that I had for every single race I've ever done. And we talked about mindset. We talked about how to improve your running, pacing, cadence, a gait, running analysis and all that. And one of the things that, that came up was like, when you do a race, you start to more deeply understand what it means to pace yourself. Because for any of you that are listening that have done a 5, 10, half marathon, a full marathon, or any form of triathlon, you know that if you sprint from the start, from the start, you're going to be ahead of everyone else. You're going to feel good like you're the champ, but eventually you're going to run out of fuel and everyone's going to start to pass you, right? So it's important to pace yourself so you can actually finish the race um, in a good time, right? Any time where you're proud and where you're not completely destroyed at the end of it, to be honest with you. I've had a few races where I sprinted the whole way through uh, and I was out for a week. My immune system was so low. I got sick. My body was so sore. I couldn't exercise. So it's one thing to finish the race. You want to feel good also while finishing the race. So sprinting versus spacing, you realize that is something that I was doing in my schedule. I would wake up at five in the morning. I would do three hours of deep work and then I would jump into meetings and I was basically working eight to 10 hours per day. Uh, for those of you that are, I guess, new to, to, to me, right. I, I run a coaching program called fit vegan coaching program. We helped over 600 vegans from 20 different countries around the world, completely transform their body on a plant-based lifestyle. And I also run two other, um, two other companies on the side. So I have a lot on my plate and I found myself working 10 hour days, working 10 very inefficient hours per day. And so when I had a full week to disconnect, not work, not have to answer any emails or Slack or messages, I was able to sit down, list all of the meetings that I had for my week. Like, okay, I feel like I'm sprinting all of these. And if I continue at this pace, I'll be in the same position that I was at before I left for Cabo. So I'm like, how can I set up my schedule in a way that will allow me to be efficient, optimize what I am doing and not feel like I'm going to burn out in another three to six months, right? Like how, how do I create a schedule that will allow me to be efficient, get the work done that is meaningful. It's going to allow me to impact as many lives as possible um, without burning myself out. So I was able to remove about 60% of the meetings that were on there. I, I made a list um, and this is something that I knew I needed to do, but it was really hard to do. And some of you may relate to this. There's certain things that we know we need to do. There's certain people that we know we need to talk to about certain things that need to stop um, certain relationships that we can no longer be in, in terms of friendship, business, whatever, uh, family, whatever it may be. So I made a list. What are the things that I know that I need to do that I'm delaying doing because they're uncomfortable? And then there's a few lists, have a conversation with this person, have a conversation with this person, cancel a meeting with this person every week, change this thing, let, you know, let go of this person. And it was like, there was a decent list of things that I know that I've been needing to do for the past six months to a year for some of them, but I just wasn't, I was pushing it off because it was uncomfortable to have these conversations. I didn't want to. And so when I made that list, I just mentally prepared myself to have those conversations when I came back and I did. And it cleared up a lot of my schedule. It cleared up a lot of things that were stressors in my life. And there's just so much more peace in my schedule right now when I wake up in a day. And I'm actually more efficient in getting more things done. Um, so that's basically the difference between um, sprinting versus pacing. It's like I'm pacing myself now. How do I, how do I, how do I build something that's going to allow me to coach people for the next 50 to 60 years of my life?
right? How do I build something that's going to allow me to not crash and burn like every other person around me? Because my goal is not to help people just for three to four years, like a lot of the coaches that disappear after three years. My goal is like, how can I be here for another like 50 to 60 years? Well, I can't burn out because if I do, I won't want to do this anymore. I won't have the mental capacity to do it. My mental health is not, a big, is not going to be great. So I had to apply these changes in my schedule. Um, and we'll talk about that after, like, how do you sustain that, right? Because that's that's actually the hard part. There's two hard parts, having the hard conversation and making the changes, but then honoring them and keeping those boundaries. Um, so that was one of the things that was powerful for me is making a list of the things that I didn't want to do, but I know I needed to do in terms of conversations and, and, and uh, uh, changes I needed to make. Another part is, being on the road in Mexico, when I lived in Mexico, I traveled with a backpack and one suitcase. Um, I had a carry-on, a backpack, and a suitcase. A little bit more things this time, but I had all my work gear with me. But I started exploring like minimalism again. It's something that I'd always been intrigued by, that I live by. I my my selection of of clothing and things that I own is is very limited. Uh, but as I you know you get into a relationship, you get a house, you start to accumulate stuff. I was like, how can I get rid of some of these stuff, some of these things that are cluttering my mind and not bringing any value to my life? So I started watching some videos on there, and then I stumbled upon essentialism. I was like, what is essentialism? And so I started listening to it, and um, it basically led to this book called Essentialism that I started reading. I'm probably halfway through the book now, but very powerful, right? A big thing is focusing on the vital things that are bringing and adding value to your life and removing the things that aren't not necessarily from a material standpoint that is one of them but the other one would be people opportunities things that you're working on project things that are on your plate that are just causing you stress not bringing any additional value to your life that are just there because you couldn't say no i get it i'm a people pleaser as well i love helping this is why i love coaching this is why i'm a coach i freaking love helping people to the extent where I'll burn myself out because I love giving so much. But then I have to realize like there's things that are on my plate that I need to say no to, to allow myself to say yes to something that's actually very important to me for me to have more impact in the world. And that's really hard to do because one of the main concepts in there is like, when you say yes to something by default, you're saying no to something else. So if I say yes to a specific meeting, I'm saying no to spending more time with Ivy. And, you know, or potentially having a phone conversation with my brothers who live on the other side of Canada or my parents. And when you say no to something, you're saying yes to something else by default. And so it's looking at the cost analysis when you're making these decisions. That's something that's been really powerful. Again, I'm only halfway through the book, but I already started implementing some of the things that are in the book. Because again, I'm a big fan of implementation. Um, I'm trying to implement slowly so that it's wiser how I'm implementing it. But when a piece of information is so good, I can't have a hard time stopping myself from implementing it. So if you're looking for a good book to kind of help realign, refocus your life and how you're making your decisions, and just to create a life that is more meaningful and purposeful and where you're spending your energy on tasks or things or project or in your career that are allowing you to move the needle in the way that you want to and not for other people. And what I've come to realize is when you say no to certain people, um, you're just a person on their list that they're going to for the thing. If you say no to them, a lot of times they'll go for someone else for help for it. And so there's no need to feel bad about it. At the end of the day, if 
if people in your circle know that you're the people pleaser, you're the first person that they're going to go to. And it's going to feel weird for you to say no. It's going to feel weird for them to hear you say no. But in, in reality, they're going to respect you more in the long run because you're setting boundaries for yourself. And so that's the other part, right? I, I wrote on my notes, like life priorities, setting boundaries. This shit's hard. It's hard to have the initial conversation to set that boundary. For example, like obviously it's, coach 600 people to lose weight and a big part of being able to lose the weight and build those new habits is changing the environment that you're in so the food that you have in your kitchen you know having your gym clothes ready having a gym membership the people that you hang around with so if your intention is to improve your life but all your buddies or all your friends are just drinking beer every friday and saturday night and partying and that's the environment that you're in constantly like it's going to make it really hard for you to constantly say no. So being able to set boundaries and respect them, the initial conversation is going to be hard. But then if you're still in that environment, the reoccurring conversation you're going to need to have makes it very challenging for you to respect the boundaries that you purposefully wanted to set for yourself to allow yourself to become healthier and to have a better life and to become a better version of yourself. And so I think people don't talk about that often. They talk about have the hard conversation, set the boundary, but then respecting the boundary is really hard because let's just say one of my things is I've scheduled my calendar in a specific way where I don't have meetings at certain times because I need to focus on deep work, right? Deep work is usually three tasks I pick per day that are going to make a major difference in the projects that I'm working on. But then sometimes people can't jump on a call when I'm available for calls and it's kind of urgent. And I'm like, well, maybe I can book it during that time that I'm not supposed to because I want to make this thing happen. But in reality, I have to pause myself and be like, okay, if this meeting takes place this week or next week, will it change anything? No? Okay, great. Let's just move it to next week. I don't need to condense all my meetings back to back immediately on the day that I'm on or the day after. Some things can wait a little bit. And a lot of time what I found is if I move it to next week and we booked a meeting for that week, by the time we get to the meeting, the thing got resolved, right? And so it's like, oh, we don't need to have the meeting anymore. So I just saved myself from jumping on another call for an hour, right? I'm not talking with members. I'm talking from a business standpoint. So a lot of time, time fixes things, right? Time allows people to have specific realizations or for things to get into work to be solved themselves. And so um, setting boundaries, respecting them was a big thing. And it made me realize that I need to create a lifestyle for myself where I'm not just burning myself all the time. Because if you are close to me in my personal life, you know that I'm deeply, deeply passionate about helping people. You can ask Ivy. I do it to an extent where it burns me out sometimes because I just love helping out. I just love giving back. And I have to hold myself back sometimes because it's it's draining me and it's not providing any value to my life. And you know, as you know, when you're a giver, people start to know that you're a giver and then they want to they want to take from you all the time. So you need to be able to, to, to set those boundaries. So realizing that I need to balance out my schedule in terms of time off, when I'm going to take a week off, which actually this was my first vacation ever in my entire life. This was my first week ever taking a break since I've started uh, my businesses. So it was very powerful. Um, one of the things is one of my business partners is uh, Justin Carl. I know as the dragon we co-founded Fit Rich Vegan together, which is a fitness and money mastermind where we help people get fit and level up their money either by paying off debt, increasing their net worth, increasing their their revenue potential. And um, he always tells me to follow the fun, to include fun into my schedule. 
I was like, Justin, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, I just need to work because I want to have an impact. I just need to push, 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 push. Um, and the, the reality is I didn't know what fun was. And I know that might sound silly, but I didn't know how to have fun. I lost the ability to have fun. When I grew up, I was always very driven in the things that I wanted. So I trained to play basketball. I trained to play triathlon. And when my ex-partner got through cancer, it was like pretty much five years of intense caregiver so like fun wasn't really on the table. And then when she passed and I kind of like moved along to the next chapter of my life, like fun was not an option. I was working really hard on being able to prevent people from not being in her position. And so this trip, I told myself like, I'm just going to do a bunch of activities and just hopefully I have fun. And so if you saw in our stories, um, we went, we went sandboarding, we went kayaking, we went sell, uh, sailboarding. The first one was sandboarding, sailboating. Um, we just, laid on the beach and did nothing. And those, all those were all new things to me where I didn't have to train and hit a specific metric to see an increase in performance where I didn't have to track how we were going to grow and where I could just like relax. So it made me realize like, oh, I have a feeling associated with fun now. So when I want to have fun, I can go back to this internal feeling of like, okay, this is how I'm supposed to feel when I'm having fun. Um, this might sound weird to some of you guys, but I'm very weird <laughs> when it comes to structuring my life and the things that I want to do. I'm very performance in results driven, um, where it makes me kind of like a rookie in other areas because I've always been driven that way in my life. So anyways, just one thing is to include fun into your lifestyle. And when you start to say no to things and respect some of these boundaries, you gain some of your time back to be able to have these moments. And so um, I think I'm going to leave it at that. I, I just wanted to share a little bit how that that Mexico trip went and all the the beautiful lessons and things that I was able to learn throughout it. So hopefully it was valuable to some of you listening right now. Hopefully there's something that you can pull out of that that you can implement into your own life because I always end my group calls with our members this way. It's really cool to hear new information and new pieces of knowledge, but they'll never change your life unless you implement them. And the goal is not to implement all of them. The goal is to implement the one that connected with you the most to start making a difference in that area of your life. And so if there's something that connected with you out of what I shared, whether that is how you're managing your schedule, your meeting, how you're prioritizing your life, the boundaries you need to set, the hard conversations you need to have, then I invite you to work towards one of them and then just build that momentum, that snowball effect for yourself in that area so that area can improve. And so I just want to say a massive thank you for listening. Massive thank you for all the support on the podcast. Uh, it's been growing tremendously. And so it's really fun to see that we're getting new listeners on a monthly basis and very excited to be a part of your journey of self-improvement, of um, of, of self-development. And hopefully I can continue to provide more value into your life. Uh, if there's any questions you have for me, always feel free to reach out. Instagram is probably the best place to reach out. If you don't have social media, my email, it will be down below in the show notes. And if you're interested in working with us, there's a link for that in the show notes as well. So if you guys have an amazing day, thank you for listening to the podcast and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to support, please share it with others that would benefit from it. Share it on social media and be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at Maxim underscore official and on YouTube at FitVegan. The links will also be in the show notes. I'll see you in the next episode.